0: With you, go ahead. you the fi- the Wait a minute, you get the final word, Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast, episode 29. This is your host, Ben Cohn, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. We're here, um, a special episode today, where we're going to talk about the first presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Uh, and we, you always start the podcast with uh, me asking Mike how he's doing,
2: and uh, I fear the worst on this one, but here I go. Mike, uh, how are you, my friend? Ben, you're right to fear the worst. Any negative emotion you can think of, bafflement, shock, sadness, despair, that all applies here. After last night. I have never been to therapy. I might be ready for therapy. After watching what I watched last night and just thinking that this is what we as a nation set in motion in 2016 and... Dana Bash on CNN, right after the debate, she said it best, it was a shit show. Just anything, any negative descriptors you have for what happened last night, they all apply. It was not a debate. It was a joke. It was a spectacle. It was a debacle. It was, I don't want to sound too dramatic here, but it is indicative of a nation in crisis and chaos. That's how I'm doing today, what about you ben? uh well, I had to take
1: uh, three or four showers after the debate because I felt so sordid I felt so disgustingly dirty i mean it was it was the worst debate i've ever seen it was it was It was a horror show there are no other ways I can describe it other than i i mean I was sort of shaken by the whole thing it was that bad and of course you know this is i'm not going to uh, join in with much of the media and say you know both biden and trump were uh, shouting at each other and were just as bad as each other and both sides are just as bad no it was is one one candidate is a decent normal politician and the other guy is a raving psychopath who basically turned the debate into a sort of wwe style uh fist fight um it was just appalling and i felt like yeah i mean this is where the country is right now this is what's happened to america that that passes as a i mean the fact that we shouldn't really be surprised at, at this right i mean it was still surprising even even after four years of trump being in power it was still shocking how bad it was and i thought that you know i don't think anybody won the debate but i think that trump most certainly lost the debate because he you know he had one chance really to turn this around he's got he's flagging in the polls badly very very badly and they're not going anywhere the polls are not moving and they're certainly not moving in his direction and there are you know we've got a just five weeks to go to the election so it's crunch time now and he need desperately needs to claw his way back into this contest and he this was a chance right to have a breakout performance to have a sort of once in a lifetime um i wrote about this today actually um in the members section on on the newsletter, that the this was he had to have a once in a lifetime once in a lifetime performance to turn this thing around, and he just he couldn't do it. You know he couldn't do it. He just resorted to bullying and being a nasty vindictive asshole, right? And this thing might work well in um, you know backroom deals with over real estate in Las Vegas or New York, uh, but it doesn't work well on in front of the American public. You know, it, it was just embarrassing, and he shamed himself. He really shamed himself, and he shamed the country. Um, and I think that Biden, you know, did his best to hold on. Um, he did, Biden didn't have a great night, but uh, I don't think it he, he really mattered what Biden did at all. You know, I thought Biden um, was, he was decent. He was, he tried to speak to the American public, um, drew a distinction between himself and Trump. And I think he did that. Would I have preferred another candidate being in there? I would think about what would Pete Buttigieg have done to Trump? What would Elizabeth Warren have done to Trump? I like Biden. I don't, I just, I think he has his uh, weaknesses, particularly, particularly due to his age. And he constantly delivers gaffes while he's, um, Went up on stage, and I think against Trump, that's that's that that's costly because Trump is a bully. But you know, all in all, uh, you know, it was Trump needed to pull something out of the
2: hat, and he he failed badly. Yes, he he did fail, and this was, and we'll get into some of the particulars. But before that, I just wanted to say, like this debate struck me in a way. We can all think back to political debates where one of the participants had a bad outing. You know, for me, I think back to, say, the first presidential debate in 2012 between Obama and Romney. And Obama just delivered this uncharacteristically lackluster performance. And it was like, he did not have a good debate there. And Trump didn't have a good debate, but Trump had such a bad debate, he made the debate itself bad. You know, this just this... Incredibly domineering performance. He wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't heed Wallace's instructions. And he his debate performance was so bad, he made the debate itself bad. And I have never seen anything like that. And you know, just before we started recording this, the Commission on Presidential Debates. Announced. This is per the Associated Press. The Commission on Presidential Debates says it's adding new tools to maintain order to the upcoming debates after a chaotic first debate between President Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you rein this guy in. I mean, Chris I Wallace. Mean, cut the mic.
1: Cut the mic. I mean, is that that's well, the only
2: option, left, right? I, I don't think it's going to be cut the mic. I think it's going to be them getting rid of the, the so-called open discussion and just go to a format where it's strictly, okay, you've got 90 seconds or two minutes for a, a response. You've got X amount of time for a rebuttal, and that's it. But even then, it still relies on the participants adhering to the rules that their campaigns agreed to ahead of time. and. There's no indication that Trump is is gonna adhere to that stuff. And you know, after last night, and everyone is like, oh my god, this is the worst debate. Like this is this was bad. This is awful. And I'm trying and I was trying to think back to the 2016 debates with him and Hillary. And I I went back and I spot checked them to see what Trump's behavior was like, you know, because I remember it being bad. But after reviewing those 3 debates it was not this bad the worst one for trump was the first one where he was he was kind of like he was tonight but like later in the debate he toned it down a bit and then before the second debate we got the access hollywood tape that really enabled Trump's advisors to, to get him to listen to them. They told him basically to tone it the fuck down, shut the fuck up, keep your eye on the prize. And he did. And then in, in the next two debates, he was relatively subdued because he had that hanging over him. And I think he kind of went into a, all right, play it low-key survival mode. This is what I got to do. I can't say anything to you know piss off women In the next two debates, because that tape was pretty goddamn incendiary, there's no access Hollywood tape holding him back this time. There, there's nothing. There's nothing that his advisors can point to and say, "Well, Mr. President, you got to, you know, lie low in this debate." There's none of that, and he's just uh, he was especially unhinged yesterday. And I, there's no reason to believe that uh, the next two debates will be any different.
1: Well, I mean, I it's good to see who's going to be watching them i mean we'll you know we'll watch it because that's you know that's professionally <laughs> sort of we have to do that right uh, i don't i don't want to watch the next debates now uh, but i will because what's the point I, I think we've every that debate was enough for everyone to see what's on offer you know you can see what what th- this is the choice the country has you've got a madman and you've got a, a you know reasonably decent politician to choose from that's it you know, there is nothing else. To, there, there are no other options anymore. Uh, the debate basically highlighted the, the, the key differences between the two. Um, and I, as you say, I don't think there's much that they can do to sort of change. How do you rein this guy in? You can't. You, you really can't. I mean, you know, what I thought was uh, I was watching the ABC coverage of the debate. And um, it was interesting. They had Chris Christie is one of he is is one of the was one of the panelists. And he was Chris also Christie, on the Trump team, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he he was giving Trump debate prep, right? So he's been training Trump how to how to debate with Biden. And it was interesting that uh, even Chris 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 Christie was asked, you know, was that the debate that you prepared for? And Chris Christie just said no, and he was clearly kind of. Shocked at what had just transpired because he's been working with Trump on it. He'd been working on Trump clearly with being aggressive, uh, but not that aggressive, not insane. And I think Chris Christie did his best to kind of, um, he said, you know, that was too hot. And the good thing for Trump is that he can turn it down, but I think Biden was too shaky and he can't change that going into the next debates. Um, so, so that was Chris Christie's take on it. But it was very, very, very revealing that um, that even his debate prep guy was appalled, was clearly appalled by, by Trump's performance. I mean, it was just awful. And I, I, if you're... By, by, look, the, the, the Biden team, they have to agree to do two more of these debates, unfortunately. I think they shouldn't, but they're going to be constantly... Um, uh, attacked and belittled by the trump campaign if they don't agree to another two debates uh for bit you know for being weak and not not being able to kind of withstand trump's um grilling and, and hectoring style and you know they'll say that biden is too old and you know hasn't got the stamina etc but so biden has to put up with it but yeah i mean i just think it's sort of pointless now i mean it was interesting to watch what i this is you know what i came away with was the fact that trump Underneath all the bl- all the bluster and all the bullshit and all the shouting, like he that he did have an opportunity to score points on Biden, right? He really did, and he could have done a much better job had he toned it down by about eighty percent. Eighty percent would have been aggressive enough, and I think that that would have unsettled Biden. You know, it was it would have been enough to unsettle Biden. I think, even though Trump lies and and bullshits he lies so seamlessly and easily that he in the moment you sort of say well he you know you, you don't really question what he's saying when Bi- biden biden tends to sort of um uh, he'll say a number then he'll be like no it's actually not 200 000. it's uh, you know and he'll forget right and it, it makes him seem uncertain or that his memory isn't that great and i think that had trump um just allowed biden to kind of flounder a bit more he would have been successful but i that up the opportunity's gone now i i will say there was a, some, some big i thought there were some mistakes on on the biden's debate prep was clearly not great i don't think they weren't prepared for someone for trump to be as aggressive as he was and i think that you know i don't know who's telling biden to remember lots of um facts and figures right that's not a great idea he clearly struggles with that right he clearly struggles with remembering um you know detailed policies and uh, uh, and and figures so i think that that's a mistake to try and rely on those um uh, it, it you know going forward but you know and it was it was look it was Again, like I think, I didn't think that Biden was was very good. I, I really didn't, and I'm just I'm being honest here. You know, I I wanted him to be sharper than he was. I wanted him to be uh, more sure of himself. I wanted him to have better fat recollection. Um, maybe he can turn that around in the next debate. But thankfully, like he doesn't have to. Like it, he can
2: he can do the same performance again, and and it will be fine. Well, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. You, you know, you mentioned that you know if Biden declines to do the next two debates, the Republicans are going to portray him as you know hiding and and just you know lacking stamina. I agree with that part, but in terms of the effect of Biden sitting out the next two debates, I don't know if that really affects anyone's decision because if you watch that last night, the thing that struck me about last night's debate. One of the many things that struck me about it, there was just a unanimous opinion left, right and center that that debate was no good. That debate had done a disservice to the country. It was just an absolute, again, as Dana Bash said, shit show. So if there were no more debates, people would say, okay, that's totally fine. Yeah, we don't need any more of these because it was just an absolute dumpster fire. So I, I disagree with you there. And I'll stick up for Biden a little bit here. Yeah, I agree. Like he, he looked shaky at times, especially out of the gate. He looked a little wobbly. I don't know how much of, you know, his hesitation in speaking was due to just genuine confusion as opposed to you know his old childhood stutter that he overcame. Was that coming out? I don't know. You know, I, maybe it was a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, but I think But Joe Biden did extremely well considering what he was up against. When you go into a debate, you have a certain expectation that your opponent will more or less adhere to the rules. Yes, you might be interrupted here and there. Yes, your opponent might say something that's untrue. But what we saw from Trump last night was completely unprecedented in presidential debates. And even Chris Wallace, who was the moderator, was having an extremely hard time reining him in. And on one hand, yeah, I want to say, well, Chris Wallace lost control. You know, He wasn't a good moderator. On the other hand, what do you do? What do you do? There's a certain, you know, the Trump campaign agreed to these rules this debate format. And yeah, like, you don't, candidates aren't going to adhere to a T to the rules all the time. There are going to be interruptions. They're going to be ev- evading the questions and so on and so forth. But this was like on a whole other level. And when you go debate someone, whether you're moderating the debate or whether you are a participant in the debate, you are expecting the other participant or participants to just adhere to a certain bare minimum of decorum and trump completely plowed through that and you know i was trying to think like how would i react if i were debating trump and and he were interrupting my every word that would really get on my nerves but i have to give joe biden credit because he showed incredible restraint at least for the first 45 minutes or so you know he was he, you know, he was laughing off. He was laughing off Trump's interruptions. He was saying, "Would you shut up, man?" He was, you know, calling him a clown. I definitely that
1: bit. I find yeah. like. Like that, but called the worst president in history. That right. Was-
2: Keep yapping, man. He called him a racist and a liar. And I'm really glad to see Biden's not trying to play above it all by, by not calling Trump to his face what he is. So I will give Biden credit. And I will say the one thing, there were, there were a few times last night watching some of Biden's responses where he was put on the spot by Wallace or Trump and As he started into his answers on a number of occasions, I was thinking like, whoa, how is is Biden going to answer this one? But I never found out because Trump kept interrupting. So Trump could have – there were a number of times last night where Trump could have just sat back and let Biden respond to see if he would step in it. But Trump just didn't give him that opportunity. And if anything, the times where Trump was like quiet – Biden used used like those rare moments where he could, you know, get a whole paragraph out without being interrupted, like during the COVID segment. I mean, Biden absolutely smashed Trump on COVID.
1: The he, he, he did. Uh, he absolutely Trump. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, the, I, I think that uh, there were parts of the, the debate that Biden did very, very well. You know, the, like you say, the the calling him a racist, calling him a liar, telling him to shut up. And uh, the particularly the COVID thing, I think, was... You know, actually, the thing that I liked the most was when he um, defended his son, actually. I thought that was a very human moment where Trump dis- disgustingly went after uh, Hunter Biden for being kicked out of the military for using drugs. And Biden just didn't rise to it, didn't... didn't um, start insulting Trump back. He just said, look, I'm proud of my son. My son's got help and he's clean now and I'm proud of you, saying that to the to the camera. And I thought that that was a great moment, actually. I really did, because it it really sort of put a wedge between the two candidates to show you that, you know, it really made you understand what you're dealing with here, what kind of a disgusting human being um, Biden was debating and I thought, you know, I thought at that moment, I was like, what is he even doing here? Why does Biden have to do this? Why does Biden have to get on stage with this madman, right? This like con man, you know, it's, it's, it's beneath him. It's completely beneath him. And yeah, and I thought, have... no, I just felt that that was a, a very powerful moment for Biden, you know? And, and yeah, look, you know, I, I thought he was shaky and not sure of himself. And, but, you know, again, you know, he, he did enough. He did, he did more than enough to come away with that. You know, I'm not going to say he won it, but he definitely didn't lose it, and
2: Trump did. Yeah, Trump hitting uh, Hunter Biden for having issues with cocaine. And, and Trump at one point said that uh, Hunter Biden had been dishonorably discharged from the military. That was not true. Uh, he, he was. He did leave the military um, after he tested positive for cocaine. But I'm not sure if talking so – glibly and harshly about Joe Biden's son having an addiction is a good idea, especially when you think of the opioid crisis, which has hit a lot of states pretty hard. And so people know, you know, there's a good chance. I mean, we all know people, if not ourselves, who have had problems with substance abuse. And it's just not a good idea to rake your opponent over the coals for having A son who used to have a drug addiction, when so many people can relate to this, especially, you know, in the Midwest, that's been hit particularly hard about this. And this is something that Trump has actually, in times past, has talked about as being a problem. But... In this context, since it's his political opponent, ah, yeah. Now it suddenly becomes fair game to bring up as this as this negative as if like I don't know what he was going for. I don't know what he was hoping to accomplish. By- I mean, it
1: was it was a, an astonishing, an astonishingly bad tactic, you know, because he he went from by um, used the discussion about um, about the military right about military uh, veterans being losers and. Uh, suckers and he said you know my son was not a loser my son was not a sucker which i thought was was a, a great moment and but and, and and he was talking about bo biden he passed away yeah trump pivots to his other son hunter biden as if to say like you know as if to detract from bo biden's uh accomplishments in the military so it, you just i think who was told him to do this who thought that this was a great idea who thought this was going to play well with you know the military with military voters or with independents or with moderates you know or people who have respect for the you know the constitution and it was just a it's it kind of an insane tactic that may he came across so badly that i you'd have to be the most ardent trump supporter to come away thinking yeah Trump did a good job there. Trump won that exchange. I, I can't think of any. Most of the nation would have just been appalled by by what Trump did during that interaction. You know, I don't think that would have worked on on any demographic. I mean, even his most militant supporters probably were not happy about it, or probably thought that it was too much. So, like, like you're saying, you know, it was a, it was a kind of a crazy strategy, and I think, but it was clearly pre-planned. That's one of the things that I. He clearly planned that because he the, 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 he flipped it too quickly. You know, he pivoted to that line of attack too quickly. So he knew what was coming. He knew Biden was going to talk about that. And he decided to shift the focus back to uh, Hunter Biden. But he did it in such a way to just make himself
2: look like a monster. Should we talk about... Trump refusing to condemn white supremacists and the Proud Boys. You know, this is up there with uh, very fine people on both sides.
0: You have repeatedly criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha, and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what are you saying? I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say huh? it. Do it. Say it. You want to call him—what do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a White's name. name. White supremacists and white supremacists. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right it's wing all, problem. All.
2: That ain't it. That ain't it. Instead of saying stand down, he said stand back and stand by. And quite predictably, the Proud Boys, this far right, neo-fascist neo-white supremacist organization is just absolutely elated that trump said this they are just taking a victory lap on social media they are touting this they're saying it was founded by gavin McInnes, this guy who actually co-founded vice news way back in the day uh and then left because he's a prick But they're saying like, oh, sorry, Gavin, we have a new leader now. And they're just taking an absolute victory lap because Trump is basically telling them to stand by. When you tell somebody to stand by, that means you could possibly have use for them at some point soon. And who knows? Who knows? The Proud Boy, it's it's a very small organization. Most Americans, I I doubt have heard of them. But the fact that Trump said this and refused to condemn them and told them to stand by. I think that is extremely significant. And just again, he refuses just the easiest thing in the world to do. Do you condemn white supremacy? He can't do it. He, anyone who supports him, it seems like he can't. Like even when David Duke in 2016, former Grand uh, Wizard of the KKK, came out in support of Trump, people asked him. He was asked, D- "Do you re- rebuke him?" And he's just like, "I don't know, David Duke. You know, I haven't heard of, You know, I, I don't." He could not. He, of course, he's heard of David Duke, but he just couldn't bring himself to criticize somebody who was all in for him. Right. You know. And look,
1: we we published yesterday. Actually, Justin Rosario wrote a whole piece about the Proud Boys this was just hours before the the election um basically saying that the Proud Boys are waiting for a signal from Donald Trump right to start a start a civil war and then i mean it was sadly prescient that that's exactly what Donald Trump did during the debate he sent the Proud Boys a message saying get ready basically that that, that was really the that that kind of encapsulated the entire debate was this moment where trump again refused to condemn white supremacist groups and again essentially called a white militia group uh, told them to stand by and wait for his orders right wait to unleash un- unleash violence and chaos on the streets of america again on election day if the choice wasn't clear before the debate surely now americans can see what's on the table here, right? They can kind of say, I was following, I was on Twitter, um, I was uh, on Twitter last night um, and it was interesting following some of the left wing or some of the kind of Bernie or bust people uh, still talking, still uh, condemning Joe Biden for not committing to the Green New Deal. That was apparently the biggest takeaway of the debate that Biden wouldn't commit to the Green New Deal. you just thinking, like, yeah, you're thinking, wait a second, there's a guy signaling to white nationalists to disrupt the election because he thinks he's falsely claiming it's rigged and yet biden biden didn't commit to the green new deal and and this is what we're concerned about one of those things is not like the other yes i I think i think that most reasonable people now understand like what's happening you know uh so all the bernie or bust people i'm sure i mean look I I should probably stop following these people because it's, it's giving me, it's giving me, uh, it's giving me anxiety, you know, but it, it's sad to like, to what, and, and Trump tried to, um, tried to use that, that, um, schism between the, um, between the two. Uh, he said, he basically said, uh, you know, he kept saying to Bernie, oh, now you've lost the left. You know, you, you basically, um, what do you think about Medicare for all? And, and, um, Biden wouldn't commit to it and he said, ah, oh, you've lost the left, you know? So these, these moments, that was clearly Trump's strategy was to try and break away some African American votes and to break away some, uh, left, uh, some, some more hardcore, uh, left wing votes away from Biden. And, you know, and I don't think he, I don't he, well, I don't know who knows, who knows. It's kind of sad to know that with Trump saying this stuff and it's kind of, you know, this is actually how far left people are thinking. I don't know if that matters,
2: The never Biden left, if you will, they are far gone. I I mean, we haven't even, you know, since our last podcast, and we haven't even mentioned this yet, Trump's tax returns, Uh, the New York Times publishing Trump's tax returns. So, you know, you take a guy like Matt Taibbi over at Rolling Stone, who has been part of this niche, uh, never Biden part of the left. When this story dropped, his spin on it was well, the, the New York Times was unable to confirm that Trump was getting money from Russia. And it's like, no, 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 no. The takeaway is that this guy was paying next to nothing, if not nothing, in income taxes for a couple of decades. And right. he owes – he's going to owe – You know, he's in debt hundreds of millions of dollars. And that either A, he is a tax cheat or B, one of the world's worst businessmen. Or a little bit of both. Like, that's the main takeaway. Right. But they've gotten really creative at taking anti-Trump news and spinning it as, you know, like a non-story or something like that. But can can I just switch gears here? I I wanted to go to uh, another response that that Trump had. This is regarding COVID-19.
0: Your different approach has even affected the way that you have campaigned. President Trump, you're holding large rallies with crowds packed together, thousands of people. Outside, Outside yes, sir. Agreed. Uh, Vice President Biden, you are holding much smaller uh, events. with nobody pe- will show up. People with- <laughs> well, It's true. With- nobody shows up to his rallies. Okay. All right. In any case, why you holding the big rallies? Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, I have done a great job a as a disease? president, and I'll have 25,000, 35,000 people show up at airports. We use airports. Are you not Angers, worried about we the have disease have a lot issue, of sir? Well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts.
2: Well, I seem to recall an indoor rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I'd ask Herman Cain... About how that rally went, but he's unavailable for comment because he's dead from COVID-19 after attending that rally. We've I had mean, no this, problem whatsoever. Come on. This is where I wish that um, Biden had been a little sharper and got,
1: that would have been a great point. You know? <laughs> he would, that would have been a fantastic point to bring up Herman Cain at this, at this point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, to, yeah. Yeah, not to Yeah, and not to like you could say, oh God, he's making Herman Cain into a you know, political point. But I mean, come on. It's it's right there. I mean, the guy died of COVID-19 after attending Trump's very first rally after the, the shutdown. It, it, for him, for Trump to say, and yeah, more of his rallies are like outdoors, but they also have indoor stuff. They also have indoor rallies, indoor gatherings with no mass, no social distancing. And again, you know, you wonder how many lives would have been saved if the president just set a better example. And, you know, at one point, you know, he, during the debate last night, he he lied about, you know, f- what Fauci had said about masks. He was making it seem like Fauci was casting doubt on the efficacy of masks and preventing the spread of coronavirus. Uh, y- you just have to wonder if we had a president who could do the right fucking thing in the middle of a pandemic, how many people would have heeded his his advice? You know, he could even profited off of this. His campaign could have. They could have been advertising those Trump masks keep America great or make America great again, whatever, and just advertise and make them front and center of the campaign, support my campaign, buy these masks, wear these masks, spread the word. But no, instead, we want to spread the virus, cast doubt on masks, say masks don't work, there's a lot of problems with masks and so on. You know, And it's just, again, for the millionth time, it didn't have to be this way.
1: It really, it really didn't have to be this way. You know, and the fact that he's still lying about this on, on stage in front of the entire nation, it really does kind of tell you where we're at. That he had, I think we talked about this in another podcast where there was a Republican strategist talking about what Trump would have to do to turn this thing around. right? And it's actually, interestingly, is what Netanyahu doing in Israel. Right, so Netanyahu has been out in out there t- telling the Israeli public that he made mistakes during the COVID um, outbreak. Right, so he's going to the, He's doing what a normal politician would do ch- ch- after screwing something up pretty badly. And Netanyahu has not done a good job in Israel, but he's out there saying, "I've made mistakes. You know, I'm going to do better." right and being and he's being serious about it now and so the republican strategist basically said you know this is exactly what trump has to do and casting a lot of doubt as to whether trump would be able to do it um obviously he's incapable of it but saying this is how you would turn it around you go to the american public and you say look i'm sorry we made mistakes i can do better we can do better you know give me another shot and i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do but he couldn't he couldn't he can't he won't um, and I also, you know, what what exactly was Trump's platform? You know, what, what was he offering? All he gave, all he did during that debate was call Joe Biden names, was to be abusive and nasty to Joe Biden. There was no policy. There was not absolutely nothing, because the guy has no ideas. He hasn't. He has nothing. Yeah, and it was it was sort of amazing to watch. Um you start you start thinking about who the president has around him, who, who running his campaign and you know, these really really are bottom feeders, like the absolute fucking worst of the worst, uh running this guy's campaign. Because they're doing every everything they're doing is completely last minute, right? So he, he, he came out last week and, um, with a pledge to invest $500 billion into the African-American commun- community. I'm not sure exactly what the details were. As, a, as with everything Trump, there weren't many details. But it's like there's this five weeks to go before the, campa- before the election, and you're just chucking shit against the wall to see if something will stick. He's trying almost anything and everything. To get a foothold in the in this in this election, and it's clear that there's just been no thinking behind it whatsoever there's just no strategy and the debate was just sort of uh, re- it was a reflection of his of his entire campaign in that there's just there's nothing right i mean the strategy was terrible it was a, it was a terrible strategy there was no platform there um and there was no you know I think Americans want to know like what the next four years are going to be like what's going to happen in the next four years. And all Trump says is it's going to be great. You know, there's going to be the stock market's going to be back. You know, we're going to create
2: jobs. What jobs? You know, the best jobs. And that's it. It's like his health care plan. How many times has he said, oh, we're going to have a health care plan in two weeks? Or it's like, you know, infrastructure week. Or it's like in just ahead of the 2018 midterms with like a couple of weeks to go before the elections. He said, oh, we're working on a middle class tax cut. Like, no, none of that. None of that was true. And last night, he uh, again, he had a chance to explain what his health care plan is, but he couldn't because there is no health care plan. But he keeps insisting there's going to be a health care plan as he simultaneously sues to end Obamacare. And I will give Chris Wallace credit for calling out Trump for – signing what Wallace called a symbolic executive order designed to protect people with pre-existing conditions. But that doesn't have any force to it, that executive order. If the Republicans succeed in getting rid of the Affordable Care Act, which includes the protection whereby HMOs cannot discriminate against people with pre-existing health conditions, if they get rid of that, you know, if you say, oh, well, the you know, you can't deny me coverage because uh, President Trump signed this executive order. They're going to laugh in your face and say we don't have to abide by that. That's not a law. Get out of here. So, yeah, it's it's just it, Trump, like you said, he, he throws whatever he can at the wall and see what sticks and whether it's true or not. And he's just he's just so full of shit. He's the most full of shit not just president we've ever had but he's the most full of shit person in America. <laughs> I just I need to you you mentioned um before we started recording you mentioned Frank Luntz who is a uh, a long time yeah he's a long time Republican pollster and and focus grouper And uh, he had a a slew of undecided voters. Uh, He did a video conference with all of them after last night's debate to gauge their reactions. So he, he had 16 undecided voters from swing states and asked to describe Trump in one word or phrase. The responses were horrid, chaotic, unpolished, crackhead, eh, puzzling, Un-American, unhinged, an ass but a confident ass, classic Trump, forceful, unhinged, bully, arrogant, arrogant, typical. Then asked to describe Biden, the responses were, I was surprised at how well he did. Better than expected. Definitely more professional than Trump, and I think he's more a people person. Competent politician, showed restraint and compassion. Politician, predictable, nice guy but lacking vision, coherent, leader, attentive and rehearsed, somewhat evasive, humanity and integrity, predictable, presidential. So and and Luntz notes He said, we're almost done with the debate, and the consensus is that Trump dominated and turned off undecided voters in the process. This debate has actually convinced some undecided voters in his focus group to not vote at all. I've never seen a debate cause this reaction. And maybe that, who knows, maybe that was Trump's goal. To to have those undecided voters not vote, but it shouldn't be his goal because he's behind in the polls. And 10% of the country is supposedly undecided, and he needs those people to get off the sidelines and vote for him. And Ben, let me ask you, do you think any undecided voters who were watching last night's debate came away and thought, I'm going to vote for Trump, like he's the guy?
1: I, c- I can't imagine – I can't imagine anybody who uh, isn't a, an ardent Trump supporter. I genuinely think that, that, you know, you'd have to be a very, very sociopathic person to come away from that thinking that's the guy, you know? There, you, you know it's, there's no, in no universe does, does Trump come across as being presidential, composed, you know, a strong leader. He just came across as a demented bully so i think that the Luntz's um survey or polling of these independent voters was extremely telling i was watching it last night uh, and it was just incredibly interesting to see that these people i mean one of the notable things was that a lot of them um thought that that biden did a really good job i mean they thought he did a better job than i thought he did a better job and that's i think because the right wing media has been smearing biden so relentlessly about his um you know mental acuity that you know if biden just had to show up and string sentences together and they would have they would have thought it was a miracle um so that was I actually thought that was quite surprising how surprised they were with how well biden did but yeah i i, I don't see it you know I, I really don't see it i mean obviously i'm not a professional pollster i don't know um and i think that we're obviously dealing with our own inherent biases uh, when we talk about this stuff but i don't think um you know, I again the da- the damage is is bad. I think that was clear, and I think everybody in in, Repo- in Trump's circle um, knows that it was bad. I I think they really um, are now. Uh, tr- you know, Trump has spent the day backtracking on his Proud Boys comment. Um, I think even Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell have come out against his um, uh, refusal to to denounce uh, white supremacy, and and I you know, <laughs> like that's a pretty bad place to be five weeks out from an election and the Senate majority leader and one of your biggest allies in Congress are, are basically condemning you saying that you didn't, con- you didn't condemn white supremacy.
2: Well, they'll, they you know what though, they'll say this today and then tomorrow it will all be forgotten. Like Tim Scott, speaking of senators from South Carolina, Tim Scott in 2016, he issued a statement. I mentioned David Duke earlier, who Used to be the grand wizard of the KKK. Uh, and, and, and Trump basically refused to repudiate Duke and the Ku Klux Klan. And Tim Scott said, quote, Any candidate who cannot immediately condemn a hate group like the KKK does not represent the Republican Party and will not unite it. If Donald Trump can't take a stand against the KKK, we cannot trust him to stand up for America against Putin, Iran, or ISIS. If our party is serious about winning the White House and getting America back on track, it's time to support the conservative candidate who will win. Marco Rubio. (laughs) Okay. L L O L first of all, but now fast forward to 2020. This is Tim Scott last night on Trump, refusing to condemn the proud boys and white supremacy. I think he misspoke in response to Chris Wallace's comment. He was asking Chris what he wanted to say. I think he misspoke. I think he should correct it. If he doesn't correct it, I guess he didn't misspeak. It's it's like all right, you know what Tim Scott, you can only play this game for so long. Trump is just he is who he is and you know, you can say he misspoke or you can say he was wrong, but then they're just going to revert back to oh yeah, Trump's the man for the job. So all of this this doesn't mean anything. This is completely meaningless. These are all bad faith actors. So McConnell and Graham and Scott, they can come out and say what they want to say and disagree with Trump on this issue, but at the end of the day, they're going to say, yeah, let's, let's have another four more years of this guy. I'm, I'm tired of this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no end to it, really, is there? I mean, it doesn't. Again, we, I think, we've just seen that there's nothing that he can't do. You know, like Trump can do, he would say and do anything, and 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 he still keeps the Republican base. He still keeps the Republican party, and I just think that you know, if, if one thing came away, you know, if one thing was clear in this debate, I think it's just you know, we've all had enough of this now. Like it, it, enough, you know, like that that should have really spelled out in plain English, like what we all sort of know now right that that this has to stop this has to end we cannot go on with this guy in charge anymore right it's just you know i think the country's had enough you know i mean it was you know when biden said will you shut up man you know he was speaking for for everyone he was speaking for the majority of the country where they're just like okay enough like you you need to shut up now and I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully we've only got five weeks more of this nonsense to put up with. And uh, you know, I fear the worst, obviously, with with um, denouncing the the election results. Uh, but I also hope that there might be a decisive enough victory from Biden um, that this, you know, that it's no longer in. There can be no doubt as to who's won you know, that he's able to declare victory on election night. You don't have to wait for mail-in ballots that Trump's uh, path to victory gets closed off on election night. And that's entirely possible.
2: Um, I I certainly hope so. Uh, We're we're probably, we are almost certainly not going to know who won on election night because of all the the mail-in ballots that are going to be counted. And Trump will do everything he can to cast doubt, to continue to cast doubt on the results. But, you know, hopefully... uh, Biden is up big enough in, in places like Pennsylvania and Florida and Michigan, where you know it just looks bad for Trump, and he can't plausibly spin a narrative that the the Democrats are engaged in election day fuckery. But talking about like t-
1: that, you know, thankfully it it does look like that's that is what's going to happen.
2: I hope so, Ben. I hope so. I wish I could just be cryogenically frozen. Until after the election, just thaw me out. Tell me what happened. If Biden's president or if Biden has won, great. Uh, If Trump has won or something like that, just cryogenically freeze me again until the fascism is over. I
1: think that's I think that about sums it up. Um, I probably need to take another shower uh, just from having talked about this for for uh, for an hour. Um, You know, I want to wash this away from my mind, this watching this appalling freak show. Um, Go have a beer, Ben Yeah, yeah, yeah I was drinking last night while watching I rarely drink alcohol And I drank alcohol last night And that that somewhat dulled the pain (laughs) But I'm going to have to get back to it tonight, I think That about sums it up thank you everybody for listening uh if you would like to get a banter membership um, and read all of our in-depth coverage of the of the 2020 election you can do so by clicking the link at the bottom of this article uh, you can get two month free a subscription so please take advantage of that we will be back next week with more banter more entertainment um, and hopefully maybe some more positive things to talk about Uh my you think is anything anything decent on the horizon coming up anything we've
2: got to look forward to uh, only if they cancel the next two presidential debates
1: hey let's, we can hope we can <laughs> hope but uh, anyway we will see you all soon bye everyone